Hey guys, it's Rebecca Price. I hope that you're doing great. Um, and I hope that everything is going well. And I want to just go ahead and jump immediately into what we're talking about today because <laughs> I have struggled recording this. Uh, and some of it's been my fault, but I've struggled recording this. And I'm like, the sooner I can get this out in Jesus' name, the better. So I'm just going to jump in. Hope you guys are doing well. Let's jump into what we're talking about today. So I was in the shower today and I um, was thinking about... I was thinking about different things, but I, I was getting kind of irritated and frustrated because have you ever been around people, not only in the church realm, we're talking about in the world that always seem to want the credit for things, you know, whether they, there are many people out there that can give glory to God, but then they're really taking the credit for themselves. And it's very, very frustrating. You know, I was around some people one time, I was around these two guys that did ministry well, ministered full time, you know, and they were actually competing with each other. And I sat there and listened to them. And one of them was like, well, I healed six people. And the other person was like, well, I healed eight people. And well, I baptized this many, well, I baptized this many people. And I'm just sitting here listening to them and I'm going, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do anything. The Lord operated through you. You didn't do anything. You can't take the glory for what God has done. You can't take the credit for what God has done. Like it, it, it angered me. And it, it made me just want to roll my eyes and almost puke because how can someone take the credit, you know, for what, for what God has done? And you have to have a balanced mindset and a balanced view about this because you have, uh, humility is not a woe is me attitude. So today, one thing that's popular in, in, in some church arenas is is a very, it's a spirit of religion that says you are nothing, you are a wretched, worthless sinner, and you always will be. Well, that's contrary to the word of God because the God says that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. So you can't tell somebody that they're worthless and no good and all this stuff, but them also be a new creation as well. You can't be the old man and the new man at the same time. You're either the old man or you're the new man, Right. And, and so, and so, but some people believe that, you know, they, they're stuck in these cycles of sin and these, these, de, these, these, this depressive mindset that I'm nothing and never will be. And God is everything and I'm nothing. And da, da, da. but when God is in Genesis, you know, in creation, he looks at man and woman and he says, and, and everything that he created, and he said, it's very good. So how can you call something worthless that God has called good? And that's, it's a, it's a, it's an enslaved mindset. It is a, it, it is chains that is put on, that are put on believers today. That is what the spirit of religion refers to. That's one of the aspects of the spirit of religion. Um, when God says, when, when the way that we're supposed to look at it is we are here for the glory of God, you know, we're made in the image of God and the image of God is not worthless. Okay. The image of God, we're, we're made in the image of God and uh, we are here to glorify God, that God's glory be displayed in us and through us. And it's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing. We're not here to glorify ourselves. And some people, you know, may, it may lead people to an attitude, um, you know, like like maybe atheists or agnostics. I've heard this before. Well, why? Why do we have to bring God glory? You know, why? Why do we have to glorify God? Isn't Doesn't that make... You know, it sounds like selfishness. It sounds like arrogance to, to say that. But this is where the, the concept of 
God is God and I am not comes from. Did you create yourself? Did you put yourself on the earth? Did you form the hair that you have? Did you, did you pick the eye color? Did you form the inward parts of yourself? Did you create the world around you? No, we didn't do any of that. But we have a God who is a creator. And he formed you. And he, he molded you. And he formed the world around you. God, by divine right, because he is God, has the right to be glorified. To be worshipped, to be honored, because he simply because he is God. So for someone to say, well, well, God doesn't deserve to be glorified. Absolutely he does. Because look at everything that God has done. Look at who God is. Look at who you are. You are an example of his handiwork, of his masterpiece on the earth. And God wants, God created us. Because it, it's one thing. It's one thing for God. And you please forgive me today because in this podcast, my mind just goes a lot of different directions at once. So it's kind of going to branch off like a, like a vine, but just follow me. Okay. When it comes to creation, it's one thing for you to make something and, and walk away and never touch it again. It's, it's, it's one thing for somebody to create something and then they forget about it and walk away. That's not what God did. God didn't create man and said, all right, peace, I'm out, good luck, have, you know, have a, have a great life. No, God says, not only am I going to create man, but I'm going to put my spirit, a part of me, in him so that he can uh, accomplish incredible things on the earth. I want to partner with man. I want to be connected to man. I want to have a relationship with man. It's, it's a partnership with a divine, incredible God. It's an incredible thing. God did not, did not create us and then leave us. If that was the, if, if that was the, were the case, first of all, he wouldn't have walked with or talked with Adam in the garden. He wouldn't have, have had that relationship. He would have created everything and it would be just the first chapter of Genesis said, and God created everything and then God said bye. And then the rest of the Bible, if it were written, you know, would just be about man and, and, and man's experiences and da, 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 but it's not. And the and, and God would wouldn't have would not have even gone to the I don't even want to say the trouble, but God would not have, have wasted his time in the redemption plan if God did not want to be God is 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 a relational God. He is an intimate God. He is not this far away being that doesn't care about what's going on in your life. He he cares about the little things. That is who God is. God is incredible. So a God like that deserves to be worshipped deserves to be glorified and the fact that he has invited us and said listen i want to i want to use you to bring glory to my name on the earth it is an incredible thing to be to be partners with the with the same being that hung the stars in the sky just saying so we're we are god created us to bring him glory on the earth to be his hands and feet on the earth that is what god created us to do and it's an incredible thing sadly what sin has done is sin says Instead of glorifying God, I want to glorify self. If you look at Lucifer, the reason that Lucifer fell and, and the angels, his followers with him, a third of the angels, is because Lucifer got tired of giving God the glory. Lucifer said, eh, you know what? I don't want to glorify God. I want to glorify myself. I want the throne. I want the power. I want to be the center of attention. I'll, so you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make that happen. And he exalted himself. Above the throne of God. He tried to exalt his throne above the Almighty One. And he was cast down. Fell like lightning. With his followers. 
Lucifer was tired of glorifying God. He wanted to glorify himself. And that's where you see the evidence of pride. And you also see what happens to people who adopt the same mindset, um, beings that adopt the same mindset or followed a leader of pride. Think about that. He, a third of the angels went down with him because they followed him. So think about that. If you have a prideful leader, I just want you to, to consider that for a second. Um, don't think that, that, that following someone who's prideful does not affect you because they're leading you, they're leading you down a destructive path. But Lucifer was created to bring God glory. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. He was created to bring God glory, but he turned and decided he wanted glory for himself. And because of that, he had to be, he was cast out of heaven. He's like, no, I'm not having that. God said, what, I mean, what right? Lucifer was the creation of God. What right does he have to be worshipped? He didn't create himself. He didn't do that. What right does he have? And it becomes the same thing with us on the earth. God is looking for people that want to glorify him. God is looking for people that don't want the credit, that don't take the credit. Those are the kinds of people that God uses. He uses the people that are truly humble, right? If you think about Jesus on the earth, Jesus, uh, greatest leader, greatest everything, you know, on the earth. One thing that you notice about Jesus, Jesus himself being the son of God did not even point to himself. He did not even take the credit. He glorified the father and everything that he did. He pointed to the father. When somebody came up and called him good, I believe he was called good teacher. He said, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good, and that's the Father in heaven. For the Son of God to even not take the credit, but to give all glory to the Father, how much more do we, are we to give God glory? Okay, let's look at a story, um, a very you know popular story in the Bible about this. Uh, and this is exactly, this is one of my go-tos uh, that I think about when it comes to, um, when it comes to taking the credit for things. And why that, why, why that's a bad thing. Like what, you know, comes from that. Let's see. I had it selected. I might have to select it again. All right. So this is the tower. I don't know if it's called Babel or Babel. I call it Babel, but anyway. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this and I want you to hear this story and I want you to hear, um, hear what, what happens. Kind of hear the progression of the story. Okay. Now the whole earth had one language. In the same words, this is Genesis 11, by the way. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city in a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. They all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do now will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. Now, here's what I find humorous about that. Um, I, well, I don't know if humorous is the word, but it's just, just interesting. The very thing they didn't want to happen happened. <laughs> um, 
as a result of sin, as a result of, of what they did. But they decided that they wanted to build a city and a tower. But what it, why did they say they wanted to do it? To make for them a name for themselves on the earth. So God has called his children to bring him glory, to partner with him in, in, in uh, accomplishing his will on the earth. But the children decided we want to accomplish our will. We want to make a name for ourselves. We don't want to be scattered all over the earth. We want to do what we want to do, and we want to bring glory to ourselves. We want to do something great so we can make a name for ourselves, and we can take the credit. And what happened? God stopped it. Why? Because he looked at the motive of their heart, and he said, no longer are they doing what they're supposed to do. No longer are they functioning in the purpose of bringing me glory. They're, they are, their hearts are wicked. Their motives are wicked. They're wanting to glorify themselves. And what right do they have to glorify themselves? They don't have that right. We don't have the right to glorify our, ourselves in anything every good and perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights comes from god so how in the world can we say we're going to glorify ourselves so what did god do he went down because he knew they were one people with one language which goes back to the talk of how unity is powerful when you have unity god even says nothing's impossible for people who are unified and so god says we got to change something because they're going to build this city and it's not, you know, that that's not my will for them. They're doing it out of false, impure motives. So God then turned around and he confused their language and scattered them. So they didn't want to be scattered. And so they, they tried to prevent that through sinful motives. And because of that, now what happened? They're scattered, right? Which I think is interesting. But God, once again, you know, God wanted to do great things through them. But because they wanted to do, make things for themselves, they decided they're going to cut God out of the picture. They're like, you know what, God, we don't need you. We're going to do this for ourselves. They wanted to put themselves in the place of God. And God can't use people like that. He can't use people that want to glorify themselves. He can't use people that want the credit because that means, because that person begins operating in carnality. That person says, I'm operating in my own agenda. I'm building my own kingdom. It's the same attitude that Lucifer had, the very same attitude. So today when you have bosses and when you have, when you have fathers and mothers or when you have um, people in churches, leaders that they want to glorify themselves, they then switch, their agenda then changes because it's no longer... I'm doing this to glorify God and, 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 and to partner with him and the will of God. It then becomes, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm building my kingdom. I'm building a city that my name can be made great. And this is why it's dangerous to follow people who always want the spotlight, who always want the credit. Who are always saying, look at me, look at me. Because guess what? Don't think for one minute that they're asking God, hey God, what should I do? Hey God, what are your plans? They don't care about the plans of God. They don't care about the plans of God. And this is why God says pride is so dangerous that I'm, I'm removed from the pride. I exalt the humble. I uplift the humble. You know, God's close to the humble. He's close to them. Like, like, because the humble person says, God, I need you. The humble person says, God, I need you. We're like, we're essentially like hair dryers. You know, I looked at my hair dryer today and the Lord, uh, the Lord just started speaking to me about the hair dryer. A hair dryer is nothing unless it's connected to a power source. A hair dryer has all of the, the functionality within it to do something, but it has to have power. It has to be connected to a power source in order for it to work. It, it's not self-powering, okay? So in order to do that, it's got to be plugged into the wall. The power then flows through the cord, and it works. It operates. It functions rightly. We are the same way. We have to be connected to the power and the spirit of God in order to operate 
in the power of God. And the power comes from God. It always comes from God. So people that go, oh, well, I healed somebody. Well, I about you didn't do crap because God, you can't do anything unless the power of God flows through you. You can't do anything. We're just vessels. You know, a vessel is, is, is a, is something that holds something or transfers something or delivers something, but it can, you know, if you have, like, for example, if you have a pitcher, a pitcher, like that you pour things with a pitcher is nothing without something in it and you and it has to and you have to pour something in it for it to pour out we're the same god has to pour his spirit he has to pour things in us gifts a purpose to pour out to others for his glory we always point back to him because that's where it came from power that's where it came from that's where it came from it comes from him so leaders that say, oh, well, I did this, I did that, or people that say, I did this, I did that, I need the credit, turn away from them, do not listen to them. In fact, rebuke them in Jesus' name, because anytime anything good happens on this earth, anytime anything like anyone is healed or set free or delivered, that is the power of the Almighty God. And I'm not saying that, you know, God disciplines and corrects and God punishes. I'm not saying that, that you know, that God does not punish, but yes, he does. But I guess what I'm saying is more so probably in the church realm, when people take credit for things that God has done, that is a dangerous spot to be in. And don't think that God's going to use you because we're, the whole reason we're here is to glorify God. You look throughout the, the, the Bible at leaders, you know, God didn't choose cocky leaders. Saul was rebellious. The, talking about um, King Saul in the Old Testament, he was rebellious. He didn't care about obeying God and bringing glory to God. And that's why he was rejected as king. And David was chosen because David had a heart that glorified God. David, when he walked out on the battlefield, he said, the battle belongs to the Lord. God gets the victory for this. This is the Lord's battle. When you have defied the Lord, God was the center of his thinking, was the center of his heart. Everything. God was at the center. He glorified God. That was his attitude. He's like, the battle is the Lord's. The Lord's going to deal with you because you've offended him because he gets the glory and da, 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 da. That is, and, and because of that, David, that's why David is a man after God's own heart because David desired to glorify the Lord. Now, did he screw up? He sure did. He made some wrong decisions. He did. Bathsheba, he took his eyes off of God and turned, put his eyes on himself and then tried to cover it up to save face. Tried to cover it up to, to save his to save his character and and what it do it backfired. He made a choice to not glorify God, to not be a vessel of God's glory, but to be a vessel that that met his own needs and his own wants and put himself first and his own agenda first. That's what happened. So in asking the question, what does God look for? God looks for someone who doesn't take the credit. That is what God's looking for today. He's looking for people who don't want the credit for things. If you, Moses, I love the fact, I never knew this was in the Bible until this year, when it said that God spoke face to face with Moses. Why? Because he was the most humble man. There wasn't a man humble like Moses. God loves, he, he, he loves everyone, but he chooses. The people he's going to use, if you want to be used by God, be humble. Be a humble servant of the Lord. Be someone that says, God, you know, and, and, and it's, 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 it's being excited about what God can do. It's glory. It's loving who God is. It's when you fall in love with God, you want to, have you ever, have you ever, um, loved someone so much 
and you just, you love serving them. You love doing things with them. You love, you know, when, and you just love, they tell you that you jump because you just, you enjoy partnering with them. You enjoy serving them. That's how it is with God. The more you come to know the Lord, the more you fall in love with him, the more you're going to want to do whatever he says to do. And the more you're going to point back to his goodness and his, and his, and, and who he is. But it, but you have to remain humble. You have to have that spirit, that mindset to understand that I'm just a vessel for what God's doing. God gets the credit and the glory because it's his power and it's his work. He gets the glory for that. Now, there are some ministers and leaders that operate in the power of witchcraft. That, that, that operate in, you know, Satan has power, but it's limited. He is not all powerful. And there are some, and sadly, there are some uh, church leaders today that operate in a power of witchcraft. You know, and Satan, you know, Satan wants the glory for that. You know, people think that they're glorifying themselves, but, you know, Satan is a glory hog. Satan wants the, wants attention and gratification and everything else. And he's a, according to people that have served him in the past, he's a terrible, terrible master. He's everything opposite of what God is. God is good. God is gracious. God is loving. God is, is, oh, he, he is light. He's life. He's everything. Satan is everything opposite of that. So there are people that will, op will try to operate in false authority and, and witchcraft and things like that. But because even in, 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 and this is a side note, even in uh, Exodus, you see how magicians imitated, right? They imitated some of them, but they couldn't imitate all of it. They were limited. They can imitate some of them. Some of the things, some of the miracles they could imitate, but they couldn't do all of them. And they got to, and even the magicians got to a point where they told Pharaoh, they were like, look, <laughs> we can't do what, what this, we're dealing with the divine here. We can't do what this God is doing. These plagues that he's sending, these things that he's doing, you need to back off because you're dealing with divine power here. We can't imitate that. Satan's an imitator. So are there things that he can imitate? Sure. But he's not all-powerful. He is not God. He is less than on a massive scale. And when you have a leader who is prideful or you have a leader that does not desire to glorify God and does not surrender his their life to God, the Bible says that you are in one or two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. You serve one or two masters. You serve God or either you serve God or you serve Satan. There is no in-between. There is no gray line, gray area. Very clear line drawn in the sand. So when you are, when you, you know, and, and here's the thing. God can do more with a humble person. Then he, he can't do anything with a proud, prideful person. We've talked about this before. Pride, if you're prideful, you already have all the answers. You already know everything. What do you need God for? It's, it's already in you. Everything's in you. You know, you don't need God for anything. And those people are destined to fall. And it is sad. Unless they repent. If they repent and they humble themselves, then God says, okay, now, now we can, we can get somewhere. If they repent, absolutely God can do incredible things through them. But if they remain prideful, they know it all, then God's like, well, if you know it all, what you don't? What do you need me for? Go ahead, operate in your pride and see where it gets you. Go ahead and fall because you're spiritually blind right now because you don't know where you're going because you're leading yourself. You're trying to lead self. And whenever somebody is leading 
is is following a spirit other than the Holy Spirit, disaster is ahead. That's why pride cometh before a fall. So when you look throughout the Bible, when you look through you look throughout the Bible and you look at different leaders in the Bible, they tend to be people that they don't they don't tend to be the, the most powerful people in the world. They tend to be people that nobody knows about. Humble people. Think about Gideon. When God chose Gideon, he was hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. You know, and, and God says, greeting mighty warrior. And he's like, but God, don't you know who I am? I'm, I'm the least of my people. What can you do through me? I'm the least of my family. And my father's clan is the least of all of the clans. What can you do through me? God says, nevertheless, I've chosen you, Gideon. I've chosen you. Gideon didn't say, oh, that's right. <laughs> of course he chose me. Why would he choose anybody else? Because I'm, I'm, you know, Mr. Mr. Big or whatever. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. What is God looking for? You want to be used by God? Be humble. Humble yourself before him. Learn to love God. Grow in a relationship with him. Worship God. Glorify him. God loves to use people. Who glorify him. Who give him the glory. I want to look up a verse real quick. And I want to share this with you guys before I head out. Um, and I'm going to try to find it. It's in the New Testament. But I want to give another example of someone who took the credit. For. Uh, for. Um, what. God did. And I don't know where this verse is. Let me see. Um, give me one second. Because I didn't, I, I thought about reading this out loud, but I didn't, didn't plan on it. So... Maybe this is it right here. Hmm, that's not it. Here it is. I found it. Thank you for being patient. I found it. Um, so. Let me find. Okay, so. This is the death of Herod. I want you to hear what happened. I want you to hear how Herod died. Okay. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately, the angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Excuse me. Now think about that. They recognized that the words that were coming out of him were not from him. They weren't from man. And instead of Herod, 
It said immediately, instead of Herod turning around and, and giving glory to God and glorifying God and saying, no, 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 glorify God, not me. It said immediately he was struck down and he was eaten by worms. Think about that. Why? He wanted the credit. He was about glorifying himself, not glorifying God. Like, look at, look at these warnings. When you look at, when you see these stories in the Bible of people that are glorifying themselves or groups of people that are trying to glorify themselves, bring glory to their own name, look at the disaster that follows. Look at the disaster that ensues. It's great. It's okay to celebrate and be like, I'm so excited and thankful to God that I get to partner with God and that I get to be a vessel for his glory. That is, that's great to celebrate, but we don't ever take credit for the things that God does. If you, if you lay hands on someone and they're healed, you say, Jesus healed you. You don't ever say, I healed you. I, I saw a guy um, in Greenville one time get up and he saw a woman in a wheelchair and he says, do you want to be healed today? And she's like, yes. And he says, I'm going to heal you. I heard it. He said, I, and I'm going, you ain't about to do nothing because don't expect God to bring healing in this situation because you're wanting the glory for yourself. And you know what? She didn't get healed because it, it wasn't through the power of the spirit because he said, I, he said, I, but then he went in there and in Jesus name this, I'm like, no, no, no. You set the tone for this before you even walked up to her. You set the tone for this by saying, I'm going to heal you. You don't ever do that because it's not you. It's not you by yourself, brother, because in, in what I think happens and I, I don't have you know any proof for this, but when you walk into a situation and you say, I'm going to do this, I, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver you from demons. I'm going to, you immediately, the Holy Spirit's gone. Because you have just declared that you're going to operate in your own agenda and your own power. I believe that's one reason why some some things that aren't happening in the church today, like demons cast, because people think that it's them, that they have to do it in their power and they're depending on their own power and nothing's going to happen in your own power, nothing. People are going to walk away still in bondage because you don't have the humility to say, I'm here to glorify God and it is the power of God for, it is the power of God for your deliverance. It's the power of God. God is going to set you free today. Because that is what, that is what points people towards salvation. When they understand and realize the power of God and they say, God loves me enough that he set me free today. God thought of me enough that he said, I don't want you to be in bondage to demonic spirits anymore. I don't want you to be enslaved. I, I don't want that for you. That is not the plan that I have for you. When people see that that is God's heart, then they're moved and they're like, who is this God? Who is this God? It's like whenever Jesus calmed the waves of the sea, he said, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. And listen to what he says. When people see God glorified, the power of God, the glory of God displayed, and we, we accurately glorify God and point back to God's power, they marvel at God. And that is the point. That is what grows the kingdom. When we marvel at him, when we point to him, when we say, look at God, he loves you. He wants to save you. He has a, he has a whole purpose and life plan for you. He's come to set you free in Jesus' name. But when we point to ourselves, what does that say? Nothing. Nothing. You are leading people to an idol when you point to yourself. You're leading them to a brick of stone that can't do anything for them. And then they leave empty and they're broken and they're torn apart. And they don't even want to be a part of things anymore. And they don't want anything to do with the church because too many people are pointing to themselves. And they're saying, whoa, I almost knocked my phone off. They're saying, 
They're saying, oh, look, I want to follow a man. I want to follow a woman. I want to follow a person. That's who I want to glorify. And when that person falls or that person acts in, in, in sin and that person lets them down, because God is not like man that he should lie and God will not let you down, their whole world crumbles and falls apart because it wasn't built on the foundation of the Lord God. It's dangerous. It's so dangerous and it destroys people all the time because we create the celebrity status of people. We create, we create the celebrity status and people marvel at man. Even see, let's go outside of the church, even CEOs, heads of companies. We talk about, oh, the empire that, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, Steve Jobs built the empire. They didn't do crap. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. The skills that he had, the mind that he had, he didn't create. I mean, you know, you, you look at, you look at. There's examples of God's glory and God's mind all around us. Cars, the 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 engineering behind cars and behind computers and things like that. That comes from the intelligent mind of God. It's not something that we just. Well, you know, let me let me just do this. But yet we, we, we're, we're looking, we are looking for other things to worship. We are looking to, we, we're, it's like Israel. We're seeking idols instead of seeking God. And what greater idol is there for man? This goes back to the Old Testament when they wanted a king. They wanted an earthly king. And Samuel was like, you really don't. You really don't want because it's going to be a stumbling block to you. And it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. But what did they say? We want an earthly king. We want an earthly king. That's what we want. We want an earthly king. And God said, you know what? Give it to them. Give it to them. Let them have it. Because they've rejected me. It's like, Samuel, they hadn't rejected you. They've rejected me. So give them what they want. And you can read all throughout Kings. Some of the mess they went through because of man. Because of man. Because they desired to follow man more than they desired to follow God. Even though God is perfect. And God is what completes and fills them. And we do the same thing today. We want to follow man. We want to worship man. We want to put man. I mean, whenever, you know, whenever you cease to glorify God and you don't care about glorifying God anymore, you look to glorify something else. You look to worship something else. You look, you look to, and, and now we've got celebrities and we've got all these icons out there in, in so many different fields and people just worship them. And, and I want my life to look like them and I want to talk like them and I want to dress like them and I want to be in this. And it's like you are following after an idol that is going to lead you into the pits of hell. Because not one of them, not one of the men, not one of the kings on the earth except for King Jesus has ever been perfect, has ever never sinned, has ever not fallen. Solomon, the wisest king in the world, he fell, married pagan women, angered God. David, a man after God's own heart, the best, everybody looks to him as like he's the best king. He not only committed adultery with a woman he had an affair with a married woman he murdered the husband hello we are here to glorify god we're here to do things for his glory and god is looking for people not just that say yes to him but that say yes to his will in his way in his purpose and when you when you partner with god and you begin to live where it's a beautiful life giving glory to him. It's a beautiful life. It takes pressure off of you because if you enter into a situation where someone needs something like healing or deliverance, 
and you're depending on yourself, that's a crap ton of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Think about it. And that's why so many people are afraid to do it because they think it has something to do with them. When all we have to do is be willing vessels for the spirit of the almighty God. When we, when we understand that it comes from God and that he's the source, it takes so much pressure off of us because then all we have to make sure is that we say yes to God, that we as a vessel, that we, that we, you know, uh, that, that we, um, root out the things that we allow the Holy Spirit to shape us and mold us so that we can be pure vessels for him. All the leaders, even Mary, Mary didn't, you know, when, when she was chosen to give birth to Jesus and what, what is a great example? What has happened with Mary? Now Mary's worshiped. Mary's an idol in the Catholic church. Once again, they don't want to worship God, but they want to worship Mary. Mary was chosen by God. Mary was merely a vessel for Jesus, a merely a vessel. And you know what? Even Mary herself in the Bible didn't jump up and say, oh yeah, I'm the mother of Jesus. Oh yeah. She didn't do that. She believed what God told her. But she didn't, she didn't take the credit for it. She's like, God's chosen me. How, how great is that? But then here's man today in the Catholic church and they want to take it. And Mary's an idol now. Statue of Mary. Got to pray to Mary. Got to pray to the saints. None of that's biblical. Oh, well, you know, we don't like the idea of Jesus being our high priest. So we're going to put a man in place. We're going to put the Pope in place. We're going to put bunch of crap bunch of idolatry this is why a humble spirit is so important this is why understanding that giving god the glory is so important living a life that glorifies god is so important because it protects you from idolatry anyway i'm done i don't even know how long this is um but i'm done but um it's just something for us to remember you if you want to know what god's looking for if you want to be used by god be humble and dedicate your life to giving him the glory. And stop following people who take the credit for things that God does. Stop following the people that are full of themselves. If they're full of themselves, it means they are they have no room for God. So stop giving those people attention. Stop following them. Stop worshiping them. Stop, stop buying their gear and, and wearing their gear around. Because, you know, if I'm connected to that person, you know, because they're anointed, quit. Just quit. Live your life to glorify God. That's what matters. Give credit where credit is due and all credit and all glory for the miraculous and the goodness goes to the Lord. All of it. Love you guys. Um, I'll come at you later with another podcast. Be blessed.